So, time for another podcast. Michael, how are you doing, my friend? Doing fantastic. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. I'm having a pretty good Sunday. A uh, little peek behind the curtain here. We're actually starting a little bit late. I took a little walk to uh, Starbucks, kind of do a little bit of last minute, uh, last minute mental prep, I'm going to say, just to make sure that we totally rock today's podcast. Picked up a little uh, coffee from Starbucks. A little bit of a fancy coffee, you know, something to... Uh, to to make this episode a little bit special, you know, like a almond almond milk latte, put some honey there, you know, it like literally Dude. counts literally counts as, about as much as uh, like you, you could have bought like a breakfast sandwich. You could have probably bought like a whole like chicken, <laughs> but you bought a fancy coffee, and I didn't do that yeah. for me. I didn't do that for me. I did that for Michael, and I did that for our audience here and I did it for uh, all the earthworms that I saved today. So on my way Ooh. walking back, uh, even though I was holding a coffee, took the time to uh, to save a few earthworms, you know? So I'll just encourage everybody else out there, you know, if it is a little bit rainy right now, uh, where you are, you know, you can't save all of the earthworms, but you can save some of the earthworms. So you save any earthworms today, Michael? Um, no, I think I, I actually directed my vehicle towards a few. Um, oh. Uh-oh. but uh, no, <laughs> save, save, save an earthworm, save an earthworm, hashtag save an earthworm. Uh, yeah, actually, I, funny I enough, I saved seven uh, today. So. You saved seven, doing my part. The Nobel Peace Prize is coming your way, man. I don't deserve it. No, no, <laughs> no, just, just. In everyday action, helping the community, just doing my uh, part. You I, know. Yeah, man. Here you go. Here you go. I'm. Uh, I've actually been obsessed with the honey oat latte. Uh, oh way, wow! So don't worry. Good. Yeah, I got to figure it out how to make really that good. in my own house. Yeah, so that way we don't spell spend like seven dollars. Exactly, <laughs> once we once we get a Patreon going here, we're gonna spend all our Patreon dollars on uh, on. <laughs> Lots of lattes at Starbucks, man. When we could be Help saving earthworms. Yeah. We could be saving earthworms with that money. Hey, we could have like a pricing tier that's exactly the amount uh, as a latte. Like it'd be yeah. like six fifty nine or whatever it is. Yeah. And we'll yeah. just call it the latte the latte tier. You know what I mean? Could very well work, man. The latte tier. Gonna be coming soon to you. Uh, we probably should get on with the show here we've got uh mm -hmm. as as always i think a uh, pretty stupendous episode of the photography brothers uh one that is not going to disappoint uh, i never come here to disappoint michael costa and i never come here to disappoint our listeners but before we get into any of that first we are going to need to do a proper musical intro for today's episode and first i need to tell my girlfriend to uh not be eating um these uh sunflower seeds was she surprised that you could hear the sunflower seeds <laughs> yep she was surprised that i busted her balls about it but <laughs> had to bring her to justice mm. <laughs> it's just an everyday hero <laughs> just an everyday hero bringing those sunflower seeds to justice okay here we go ready yes so now you're back taking photos I just walked in to find you here on that podcast, The Photo Bros. I should have changed that stupid lens. I should have set that aperture. 
before I flippin' knew it, I messed up my exposure. So now we're back. Yes. Oh, that was fire. That was fire. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I am your photography brother, Jared Poirier. We've got your photography brother on the other side of the internet. Michael Costa, growing photographer, K-pop reactioner, everything. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that you need. You come to Michael Costa and you're going to get everything that you need. I got you. For your soul, for your soul, for your ears, for your eyes. And uh, today, Michael Costa has gifted us with his presence on the podcast as he does every week um it would be very lonely if i ever had to do this podcast by myself so michael you be careful out there no pressure i need you i need you bro it would be weird if it was just the photography brother that is a lonely that is a lonely existence (laughs) so can't uh can't have that um i've got a topic for you guys michael costa has a new story the topic i want to cover today Uh, It's something that you may have heard of, something you may have seen uh, out in your life. Today, we're going to be talking about color yeah, and how it applies to photography and I think uh, how you really need to rethink, uh, even, you know, as a photographer, if you're listening to this, or just the regular everyday Joe Schmo camera phone. Uh, I think that you're going to get a lot out of this podcast. Might be one of our, um, at the same time, most photography-oriented topics that we've ever done, mm-hmm. uh, while being one of the most accessible because everybody's got an iPhone, everyone's got a, a nice camera on there. You've got, if you have an iPhone, you have like 12 megapixels. You can shoot in raw. You can be a real photographer out here with the big boys, pretty much. So, uh, so you have no excuses, but. Whoever you are, I think you're going to love this episode. Uh, it was just inspired by a, uh, a YouTube video that I watched recently that was uh, put out by one of my favorite photography-related creators, uh, Mr. Jamie Windsor. Uh, the particular video, uh, I'll link it down below if I remember. Um, <laughs> color tips for better photos and uh, this was really inspiring to me and kind of uh, got me thinking about how I can really change some stuff uh, in regard to you know how I'm thinking about my photography and my videography and how how I'm using color and uh, how I can improve that so sounds like a good topic Michael right it sounds like the best topic being covered today anywhere on any podcast anywhere anywhere on any podcast Mm -hmm. unless you're talking about aliens alien podcast people Mm. you are the the true vanguard we need you if you're doing an alien podcast keep going Mm -hmm. keep going Mm -hmm. the truth is out there yes the truth is out there michael um yeah so (laughs) maybe a good way (laughs) maybe a good way to uh are you doing like a start (laughs) that's live long and prosper no isn't that what we come in peace uh, or how does it work? I think that's live long and prosper. No, right? like this is we come in peace. No, I don't know. I don't know, then, man. Then, I don't know, man. Or is and it then this? I was making a. I don't know, I don't know dude. I feel <laughs> like I'm throwing out gang signs. <laughs> We're just gonna make enemies on this show. Let's not, man. Let's All not. Right. Let's keep. Let's keep it enemy free over here. We're talking about. We're talking about color. Mm-hmm. The only people who should be mad at us is black and white photographers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
there are some good black and white photographers mm -hmm. though definitely definitely um yeah so probably a good place to start uh i think maybe we can give some general tips of ways uh that you know we've chosen to improve the color in our photos uh just kind of some personal experience stuff uh maybe we'll get into a little bit of color theory like very very basic uh, color theory stuff just kind of lay out some of that I think that that would be a pretty fun exercise and as I was uh, I think a lot of people already know this stuff and some of it's going to be pretty familiar but as I was like digging back into it it was really like you know sometimes when you go and touch on those fundamentals again it really gets uh, gets the juices flowing in your brain gets those creative juices flowing and uh, and you come up with some pretty good stuff you know so mm -hmm. we're going to look at a bit of that and then uh, I think maybe at the end before we get into Michael's excellent news story um, talk about a few examples of you know predominantly photographers that uh, that we like that we think use color really well and uh, I have an, a really appropriate uh, couple of film references here you know I don't have my well I mean I still have it obviously in my movie review channel but I'm too busy to upload on there so <laughs> sometimes you guys will have to forgive me I like to talk about film a little bit they do make it with cameras it's basically photography um just uh just with more frames yeah so <laughs> it's just a bunch of photography really fast when you think about it right like when you go see a movie you've basically just seen Shit, I should have like done the math on this, but a bunch of photos. Oh, I mean, thousands. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing what, like twenty four at least a second. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, okay, fine, I'll do the math. <laughs> <laughs> twenty four uh, a second, right? So times sixty, that gives you one minutes. Minute. Uh, frames of minute uh, is. 14 uh 14:40 and then how many minutes I'd are in a movie Yeah, I'd say like on average one th uh like, 90 minutes. Let's say 120. Yeah. 90 minutes. I'm going to go I'm going to go one we'll go in the middle, 110. Okay. All right, so it's like uh 150k photos when you watch a movie. There you go. There you go. Live math on the photography brothers. Mm. Always a Woo! strong that subject. Was, that was Yeah. That was exhilarating. Mm -hmm. Exhilarating. Um, yeah. So, Michael, what are some uh, tips for the people here? Let's get into it. Uh, some things that you've done uh, to control the color in your photos or, or get, uh, you know, more colorful photos or more meaningful photos. Wow. Okay. I'll answer all of those questions. Um, Go. <laughs> I drank a lot of coffee today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I haven't had any, but uh, I'll try my best. Um, oh damn buddy yeah man i'm trying my best here but yeah i think okay. uh one one that is very important um and you'll notice this as you uh you know edit your photos is there's a slider for uh for tone um mm -hmm. we're talking that bluish versus that orange-ish so basically cool mm -hmm. versus warm now um both mm -hmm. of those things are going to do different things for you so um, we're going to talk a little bit more, I think later on about, you know, color association, but, um, you know, at a very basic level, you know, blue is typically more so associated with the cinematic, um, a cinematic look. Um, so, you know, potentially if you're shooting action sports or, um, you know, something, uh, that is a bit more focused around uh making the subject or the location look very interesting and cool you might highlight it in a blue 
um, and more of a bluish tone. If you're trying to make it seem a bit more warm and homey, uh, you might lean that more towards the orange. Um, Mm-hmm. Also, like if you're doing a cottage cottage scene or something like exactly, that, exactly right? right, yeah. Or if it's you know mm-hmm. a, a sun a sunrise or a sunset, you might uh, you know increase it a little bit just to really emphasize and have it feel the way mm-hmm. it did when you took that photo. So right, that's right, just a right. little tip around you know why you would go left or why you would go right in re- in respects to cool and warm tones. Nice, yeah. Well, we're on the topic of that. Like, uh, that is definitely true. That in post you have control. Like, once you've taken your photo, let's say, uh, throw it into Lightroom, Photoshop, whatever it is you want to use, and yeah, you'll be able to make it uh, more uh, feel a little bit warmer, a little bit more cooler. Don't forget though, you can just do that uh, on set with your camera as well, mm-hmm. right? Like taking control. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said about post-processing and what you can do in post, but sometimes, you know, even check some things off your list before you even open up that Lightroom. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to want these photos to be more blue, and you just go to that, like, uh, you know, lower Calvin number there, 4,000, 3,000, 2,000 Calvin, whatever it is, and you get something that's like a nice blue photo. And sometimes, you know, it, it, you can always say, well, why would I even bother messing around with that, right? Like. I'm on set, I'm already worried about enough things. Do I really want to like add this extra stress? But sometimes it does change how you shoot the photo, mm-hmm. right? Like if you go a little bit more orange, you're going to be just like finding maybe some more warmer spots and more cozier looks. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to make something that's like maybe a bit more like isolating or a bit like, you know, just a cooler, yeah. a cooler type of look. Uh, then you can go with more of like that blue uh, type of look. So yeah, you can take control of that um, on set while you're shooting or in post, but there's a lot more things that you can control in post, right? Especially um, if you're shooting in raw, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, you can yeah. completely like change change the whole look of the photo, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean that you kind of see that in photo and in video. Um, great point on, mm-hmm. on adjusting in camera as well. I mean, it's something you hear a lot, um, you know, from some of the people we all look up to, right. They say the closer you can get the image, um, in camera, the better I've had experience mm-hmm. in the past where, um, you know, shooting inside of a location, maybe they have very warm light. It's kind of hard to pull out, uh, some of those other colors, um, sometimes. So if you're not shooting on a flat log or, you know, in raw, um, it's, it's really, it can be really difficult to get the color, the colors where you want them in the image to look the way you want it to, for sure. Yeah. Really good point from Michael as well. I don't want to like let that one pass by. Um, when you're, when you are shooting video, obviously you can't shoot in raw, so you're not going to have that same flexibility as you will with a photo, but, uh, just going in and setting it to like a neutral, uh, a neutral color palette, neutral sharpness, all of that, uh, which should be pretty easy, whatever um, camera brand you choose to use. I mean, it'll be a little bit easier if you're using a Canon, but you know, Sony, you'll be there. You'll probably want to get the manual out. You might want to call customer service, you know, just get on, get on hold there for a while just to be safe. Um, but you'll eventually, you know, you'll eventually figure it out and, uh, and maybe your model will still be there. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, I mean, if you're one of three people that still shoots on a Canon, you know, there certainly are ways to do it. Um, certainly, you know, if you are on the more popular platform and you're shooting on an A7 of some sorts, um, mm-hmm. you know, I can uh, I can actually, you know, again, this is more of a, a, a film thing, but I think we're going to transition back into yeah. photography. Um, is, you know, I have a great uh, log profile that I found yesterday, actually, and 
um, we can link that down below. It's free. Um, and it's really good. Oh, cool. So we'll, we'll link that down below. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the creator that has it, but we'll have that, I'm sure, listed along with, with the, the link to the preset. So, um, yeah, definitely. So man. that's great, yeah. Um, should I give another tip? Um, I, I'm still, I'm still kind oh. of, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of here All in right. the spot of, you know, uh, talking about, I think right now we're on the topic of like control, right? What are some things that you can control while you're shooting? So if the tip is related mm. to that, then, uh, then I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, um, one thing you can do is in respects to color and physical location, you know, in camera. Yes. I think if you want to actually yes. even get away from the camera, you know, if you have lights like strobes, um, there are, you know, gels that you can buy. You adjust the, the color uh, of your lighting inside, you know, especially mm -hmm. this is more so when you're shooting in studio. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's some really interesting things that you can do. Got to shoot at a, a Sony um, experience that was set up a couple of years back and the way that they use some of those film gels were really, uh, really cool. Um, created some very, very interesting colored shadows. And, you know, again, there's just different ways that you can utilize color and lights and different colored gels that, um, can introduce, you know, color into your photo and, and different looks, uh, into your portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Even, even simpler than that though, like let's say you don't want to even spend that money, whatever it costs you on Amazon, 30, 40 bucks <laughs> for, for gels, right? Just picking your location yep. and, uh, and, and matching, uh, a, a bit of wardrobe to that, right? Yep. Like I'm always kind of, uh, and this, this will tie in really well with, uh, with our, with our, um, news story rather later on. But now that I've been shooting a lot, like I have been shooting probably too much, <laughs> <laughs> probably now that's why my hair looks a little bit crazy and i'm just kind of nuts um been shooting a lot but it opens up your your mind to like situations around you and kind of i'm i'm in the back of my head even just if i'm like walking around getting a coffee doing whatever i'm kind of in the back of my head thinking like logging you know here's a good spot here's a good spot oh this is a yellow wall if i had like someone in a blue dress or blue outfit yeah. here in front of this yellow wall that would be sick oh yo here's this you know green wall you know let me bring a bit of purple to that or here's a purple wall we'll have some yellow you know whatever things like that mm -hmm. um kind of working off of uh complementary colors and uh just planning your locations and uh and planning your wardrobe think out like okay this is the location that we're going to be in green and red is an, is a really easy one there's lots of green P throw some red uh red umbrella you know <laughs> and you've true. got you've got a photo so just thinking um planning ahead like you know once you get there on set you can you can improvise and and come up with some good stuff and if you have a good background and a good understanding of uh of color and how it's going to be popping in your photos and what's gonna give a certain look then then yeah by all means improvise but having some some foresight some planning in your uh location and wardrobe i think is uh is another one um i, I want to get into the a bit of color theory and uh just talk about the color wheel for a bit but is there something else related to like controlling the scene and mm -hmm. and things like that that you want to talk about yeah there's just one more thing uh actually i wanted to mention and it's something that nice. we've sort of touched on in the past but less uh, focus on the color aspect of it and what it can do for the image um, we've talked about creating you know um, multiple layers of focus so having a foreground uh, mm -hmm. foreground and background blur but one thing I use um, use that for a lot is actually adding complementary color so 
you know, I can, cool. I can send over a couple images that are, are great examples of that, but you know, I'll often, you know, if there's an image that I'll send across so you guys can look at it and kind of, I'll just speak to it just based off memory. Um, the model was wearing a yellow raincoat. Um, and I found yellow leaves on the, on the ground and I literally, you know, put that in front of the lens, shot through it and it created a very interesting, um, yellow, hmm. uh, match to her wardrobe and, and created that obviously interesting foreground blur as well. But it's just, you know, you can do cool. the same thing with a complementary color. If you find something blue or whatever, you know, just don't be uh, afraid to, to kind of play around with, uh, with the different perspectives as well and, and add color that way. Yeah, yellow complements yellow pretty well. It does. Well, so. Yes. And me and Michael complement. He's got the the green hat with the burgundy complementary colors. I've got, I mean, kind of. They're not strictly, I guess, according to the color wheel. They're not like right across from each other, but they do work pretty well. Uh, got got the purple on myself right now. I don't have anything green or yellow around, but if I had that, that would be good. <laughs> I think there's a yellow book on your top shelf. There's probably a bunch of yellow books. I got a lot of books. So it's one thing I have is books, books and camera gear, Michael. I have a, I have a lot of those. All right. You want to, I actually really love that though, man. I love that, uh, that example. And, uh, and I think that illustrates exactly what we're talking about really well. So we'll make sure that we show, uh, show that example, uh, during this little section here. Uh, do you want to get into some color theory stuff? Talk about color wheel how and how colors make you feel? Oh my goodness, yes. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. If you put it that way, if I rhyme it, then you're basically forced that's to. That's all I need. Pretty sure that's, yeah. that's Photo Bros code. So, this is the color wheel right here. <gasps> Ooh. Stunning. So pretty. So many colors. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Uh, you've seen it before, right? You've probably seen the color wheel, uh, but maybe you never thought that much about the implications of the color wheel. So uh, the obvious thing is uh, we're talking about complementary colors here, how to achieve that in your photos. Having a color mm -hmm. wheel handy is a really good way to do this. Uh, this doesn't just apply to photography. Uh, this doesn't apply to photography, obviously, <laughs> only, only obviously. Anyways, <laughs> it applies to other stuff. <laughs> um, you know, like just painting, uh, art in general, right? Film, painting, anything, anything when you're using colors at all. Um, using complementary colors. So things that are across from each other on the color wheel. Um, one that you've probably seen in a bazillion films, probably the most popular film grading uh, of all, well, film color grading of all time is, Michael? I'm going to say uh, blue, darkish blue on orange? Yeah, like an orange, orange and teal uh, type of look. Yeah, it's definitely okay. the, the one that I see all the time. Uh, probably the, the movie that it was done best in is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I think that they do a really nice job of it. Kind of, uh, you know, a lot of people have attempted this look, but I think that like in this case, they they really did uh, an, an amazing job of it. And uh, it's been mm -hmm. kind of aped a lot since then. Uh, there was a photographer that you had brought up to me earlier as we were chatting. Um, Gruet Florian, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's another person yeah. who who does a really good job of this, right? That's right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, for him, he's really utilizing those deep blues um, mm -hmm. 
from a perspective point of view, those deep blues really work with the water that he typically shoots around, but then he really finds um, a way to highlight, uh, to, to add a, a bronze almost to some of the highlights in the photos. So yeah, definitely another individual who utilizes a similar tactic. Yeah, with the orange and teal thing, I think it looks good when you go like very saturated with it, right? Like I, I do like that look, um, kind of the brighter orange, uh, you know, um, and the the kind of brighter teal. I think that that can be really good. But as you're saying, when you go with that kind of like bronze look as well, like that creates sort of a different mood, but I, I do really like it as well, mm -hmm. right? Like it, when you make it a little bit more uh, desaturated, which uh, Gruet Florian um, tends to do, right? That's right. I think it's like, uh, oh, I can't even try it. Never mind. <laughs> I tried <laughs> Michael, it a few please times before the show me. and Tell, I'm like, Enlighten I'm ready. me, Michael. Enlighten me. <laughs> Um, other, <laughs> other colors, uh, complementary colors that tend to work really well together in photos. Uh, you've definitely seen them used together before. I call these ones the, uh, holiday colors, right? So green and red, uh, work really well together. Very reminiscent of Christmas. In fact, it's kind of, yeah, like Michael pointing to himself, his look, uh, it's hard to kind of not, oh, I do have green cause I have Yoda. I definitely have green. Hey. Right. So, uh, yeah, the green and red thing uh, definitely works, but it's hard to not make it uh, look like Christmas. I think a lot of the time when you yeah. kind of try to combine red and uh, and green, there's some photographers who can do it, right? And I've seen some photos that do it really well. So don't shy away from it, but uh, definitely put some thought into not making it a Christmas scene if that's, I mean, unless you're doing that, in which case, good for you, right? Yeah. Like we've talked about before, my. Uh, my immense experience uh, in the Christmas photography industry and uh, mm -hmm. and such such adjacent uh, endeavors. So, uh, and then another one, obviously, I have in my notes here. Um, I I meant to write purple and yellow, uh, which would be like you know obviously um, like an Easter theme. Uh, I actually wrote purple and hello. So, hello to purple and yellow because it is a great color combination. Uh, it might make you think of Easter, but uh, not as much as uh, green and red make you think of Christmas, at least for me. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, man. I think purple and yellow kind of makes me think of Kinder. Or not Kinder. Uh, what are those? The Cadbury. Cadbury. Mm, okay. It gives you a Cadbury yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And how does that yeah. make you feel? It's interesting right? how, how does it make me feel? Yeah. Are you like afraid love, of rabbits? I love that. I'm afraid, oh, I'm afraid of rabbits no man they're they're cute you know from like a distance or whatever but um yeah you know i i love like in all seriousness i love purple and yellow oh, okay. um there's actually a, an nfl football team by the name of the vikings ah yeah that's and, true uh they uh they use that i mean purple's the primary yellow is kind of yeah. the accent but it, it is yeah. gorgeous that's yeah. cool, man. And uh, lots of, I, I think it's, it's a very red, it's a very strong color pot, the the purple and yellow. There's a lot of like strength to that, you know, um, the, mm. what's that chocolate bar that uses it? It's also a Viking chocolate bar. Why can't I remember this right now? Wunderbar. Wunderbar. Oh. Wunderbar. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Yeah, they get actually, stuck in your teeth yeah. a bit, but I might go get a couple of those later. <laughs> just have like Man, a coffee a, a coffee or something well. with it yeah get the latte yeah. there <laughs> i'm working so hard shooting photos and videos all the time i might as well treat myself to uh that's right 
to a yeah. vunder to a vunderbar. Yeah. You know? Well, there's actually a quick tip in in what we were just talking about for hmm. you guys. If you're interested in finding different colors that might work well with each other, look at sports teams because yeah, oh yeah, these uh, these folks that work over at uh, Nikes and Adidas and all oh, those. Yeah places they uh they're pretty uh, pretty smart design folks on there mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. uh you might get some ideas as to what colors might actually work with others and, yeah. and actually you know just a quick side thing here um the color wheel is is like a great guide but you know it's rules are always made to be broken oh, yeah. so you can always you know go against it right oh I mean, yeah mcdonald's is kind of an example of that you have two colors that are pretty much on the same side of the wheel yeah like true and or sorry yeah yellow and red right was about um, to worry that you were colorblind or thought that McDonald's yeah. was A&W. <laughs> yeah, I know. McDonald's, like, you got to love McDonald's green and red. They're just, they're always, <laughs> which is what I think of when I think of McDonald's fries. Um, yeah. Oh, but, man. Uh, yeah, they do definitely play fries. around. And yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, on Uber Eats, uh, they have it listed as the world famous world fries. Famous, yeah. I don't know if you ever ordered wow. world famous. Yeah. But uh, definitely, yeah, don't be afraid to go against the grain um and uh pick some some colors that maybe don't necessarily go with each other but uh play around with it you know yeah very good point don't put yourself in a box but uh kind of the old adage is you gotta know the rules before you break them right yes yes absolutely uh one more thing we're we're going on pretty long blah 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 about colors this and that (laughs) couple of artists talking about colors for freaking 40 minutes no, I'm loving it, man. I'm loving the chat. Uh, one more thing that I want to talk about here. I told you guys we are going to talk about a little bit of film stuff. We talked about a bunch of photography stuff, so I'm pretty proud of us. Uh, I think that we did a, a great job here. Um, just to reference another photography thing before I talk about film for like five minutes here. Um, the previous uh, episode that we did on wildlife photography, I think is a really good example. Uh, or Not on wildlife photography, sorry. We didn't do an episode about that. We did an episode about underwater photography. There is some uh, wildlife underwater, though, so I'm not a complete dummy. Um, this is true. But yeah. Uh, underwater, they got they got some good stuff going on down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've really outdone themselves recently underwater, haven't them, they? Them jellyfish and sharks and stuff, they are good interior decorators because you got a lot of stuff going on down mm. there. You always have the blue, right? So anything that goes well with blue... Yeah. You got blues and reds, uh, a lot of those blue and teal things. You got some jellyfish, they're teal. You got some, I mean, they're teal. Man, I should sleep more. You got some jellyfish, <laughs> they're orange, the water's teal, you know? And it's uh, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So uh, check out uh, our previous episode on uh, underwater photography to see some more um, examples of good color theory because I think that uh, some of those underwater photos are a great example. Another great example, Michael, from the film world. Have you ever seen the film uh, starring Michael Douglas, Traffic? No. No, I don't no. think. I mean, it sounds familiar, but no. Came out in uh, came out in two thousand. Um, the most distinct thing about it is that there's like two storylines in the movie, and uh, they're color graded completely differently, so that you can actually keep them apart. Does this sound familiar now or still no? It doesn't. That's but okay. I'm familiar okay. with the method. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It's a great idea. Because luck- yeah. luckily, I watched the movie, so I can speak to it. Um, but I think this is one of the the best examples 
uh, and like pretty genius, uh, kind of a stroke of genius here. So just to give you a bit of background, uh, the whole movie, um, yeah, it, it covers two uh, distinct storylines, as I said, and kind of how they uh, end up coming together. So you've got like uh, Benicio del Toro, uh, and he's the like drug enforcement guy in uh, Mexico, right? So he's like a cop in Mexico, a drug cop trying to like prevent uh, like drug violence and drugs getting from Mexico uh, into uh, the States, right? Uh, and then you have Michael Douglas and he's like the, he's not the DEA, but something similar to that. Uh, one of them acronyms anyways, um, in the government, he's like the drug, he needs like just been appointed like the drugs are who's supposed to like war on drugs, stop all the drugs and stuff. And then uh, his his daughter, uh, and that's like Michael Douglas who plays that role. Uh, his daughter, uh, Erica Christensen is playing that role and, uh, and she gets like hooked on drugs and stuff like that. So it's kind of the, and it's directed by uh, Steven Sh Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh, uh, who directed Oceans movies, uh, that series of movies, the Magic Ooh. Mike films, uh, classic, uh, classic films. Michael's a big fan because uh, there's been a few people who have called him Magic Mike in the past, and he gets confused uh, with Chang Tatum on the street like a lot. So that happens all the time. All the time. Uh, and also, and then they go, can you dance? Can you do the step up one scene? Yes. And I go, I would, but I broke my pinky toe. I'm late for, my, I'm late for my podcast recording. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, basically very interesting movie. Uh, and yeah, for the, the way that they use color, like the, the scenes in Mexico are super, super orange, right? Uh, and I think it's all done in camera. It definitely has that look. I know that uh, this was definitely the decision of the director, uh, Soderbergh himself. Uh, wanted things done like that and he's actually operating the camera and it's like handheld so one of the more like personal films in that way right hmm. so everything oh, in mexico okay. is like super super orange and then everything in the states is like super super blue kind of emphasizing that like you know there are two sides of the same war but like from the united states perspective like michael douglas isn't getting shot you know but like Benicio del Toro is and like things are way more intense on that side and kind of, uh, you know, as his daughter gets hooked on drugs and stuff, it like points out the whole like hypocritical, hypocritical uh, nature of like um, and like the ineffectiveness. Right. And like the you know, it's just a lost cause of the of the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so a very interesting film. I won't spoil it here, but uh, I think it is a perfect example of uh, somebody just like taking control right on set there um you know the the director having a vision and just being like this is how this movie is getting shot where the, these parts are blue these parts are orange people are going to be able to follow it better and it has like a thematic thing and also touches on like the last thing that i want to talk about before we get into the news which is like the meaning of color right we've touched on this a bit but yeah. um yeah maybe we can like kind of talk to that a little bit more right now that we're done talking about movies for a while i'm not gonna talk about movies anymore yeah we can definitely do that um just to throw in, throw a pebble over to what you were just talking oh, about. Yeah. Wes Anderson also uses color a lot. Ah, yeah, um, true. In his films. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. Very, very, uh, Budapest Hotel yeah. does a really nice job of it. Oh, um, but the yeah. Isle of Dogs is a big crap. That movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't seen that one yet. I haven't had the don't, pleasure. Don't bother. It sucks. Um, no? Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> point. We'll have to exchange notes after. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we talked a little bit in the beginning about uh, color association, uh, not not the skin color, but uh, talking about uh, photo 
and the kind of colors you're introducing either in post or in cam to uh, kind of tell a story. And so um, I think, you know, one thing we can kind of agree on is that there are some colors that definitely are associated to certain emotions. Um, and that can definitely help to convey a point um, or a, an expression uh, within your art. So, you know, red is often associated with anger. Mm, you have yeah. blue, which is often associated with uh, maybe even sadness. Or calmness, um, but sadness, yeah. Or calmness, Melancholy, yeah. I mean, some of these yeah. kind of go back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, yellow can be associated with kind of a happiness. Um, you know, any of those kind of bright colors can. Um, and even when you play with shades, you I mean you go, the darker you go, the more maniacal or or sad or uh, lonely or you know uh, something can feel. The brighter it goes, you know, the more um, happy or um, you know. Uh, I got to do that again. <laughs> oh, no, it's good. You take it. You're good. You're good. The brighter, the brighter, the happier. The brighter, the happier. The brighter, the happier, man. Or, or more lighthearted you are supposed to, to, to feel while taking in that, yeah, that content, yeah. I, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, and being being aware of uh, what, like, different colors, kind of the, the association that people have, um, that can be something that's, like, very cultural, right? Like, this is definitely a cultural thing where, you know, blue means this to one culture and it might mean something totally different, right, to another culture. It's true. Um, but also, like, a like a personal thing, right? Like, to you, right, yellow is something that, like, gives you a lot of happiness. You really like the color yellow. But, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that might have a different connotation to somebody else. Like, maybe, maybe they don't like the color yellow. Uh, you know, like, they... Uh, their dog peed on a fire hydrant and uh, then on its own leg and then like the dog smells like pee all day. And that's why every time you see yellow, you think about like <laughs> pee, right? And then you have like a bad association. So that's a, that's a good point. Actually, one point to, to kind of touch on with what you just said is, is like, you know, red is often associated with evil. Mm, yeah. Um, in, 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 but like in countries like China, red is actually a sacred color. Right. So, yeah. So interesting, right? Yeah. How that can be possible. And the same is true for like, uh, like major and minor chords, right? In music, like in our culture, we find like minor chords sad, major chords happy. And like other people in other parts of the world just don't see it that way. So super interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, I'm pretty good with that. Uh, you want to get into some news? We can do that, man. Okay. Okay, so we're back. We have a beautiful... We weren't gone long. We were gone for the few seconds that it took to do the, the news intro, but uh, I missed you guys. I missed you guys <laughs> during the news yeah. intro. You know, me and Michael Don't were here us. together, but you were over there. The news intro was getting between us, right? I don't want that to happen. I put the news intro yeah. in here, you know, to add to the podcast, not to subtract. So just, just know... Uh, that while that new intro was up, we were thinking about you, our photography brothers and sisters out there. And uh, Michael Costa, he's always thinking about you guys. I know that. And uh, he's always thinking of what's best for our audience here. And uh, today, Michael Costa saw it fit to bring in uh, this particular news story. But I think that you have personal news before we get into the news story, Michael, right? Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot to, to kind of mention that. So, yeah. Um, 
like I mentioned in the previous episode, um, because I'm sure you've all seen the previous episode. If you haven't, go watch it. Um, it's a great one. We talked about the. It's a good one. We talked about the A7 III. Um, and some of the errors that have been happening there with the shutters and all that stuff. And I was saying, I wouldn't how, say man, talked about. I wouldn't say talked about. I would say we we covered, we dunked on. We. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds aggressive. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we 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 had commented on on the fact that there there may have been a small percentage of you know individuals who had may or may not uh or may not have uh, incurred uh, encountered some issues with their shutters yeah um and so i was saying you know it's it's disappointing you know i was really thinking about going to the a7 III um mm-hmm. really shooting a lot more video f- um on the client side as well so i really wanted to yeah. boost that up and you know was looking to make a decision quickly and it was between a few different options and uh boy um yeah i ended up Should actually I do a drum going... roll hang on hang on yeah i'll, I'll drum okay. roll it in i'll drum roll it in Ooh, i can't i can't hear the, the drum roll oh, but it is no i can't really hear it and it's it's done oh the a7-3 <laughs> <laughs> the a7-3 <laughs> Uh, ultimately, it came. <laughs> Michael's he's going for that um, supply and demand thing, right? Like if he can only take 10,000 photos with his camera, it means that it, those are like rarer and more valuable photos, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, it was like looking at the other options. Um, there are some. And of course, you know, I'm sure everyone here is part of our newsletter uh which covers uh there's a link on there that actually highlights some of the alternatives to the a7 III if that's something you're worried about um there there are some good options there one that really kind of came close was the panasonic lumix s5 um incredible functionality it's just the the a7 III there's just so much there there's so much there um, and not having to leave that ecosystem, being able to not have to worry about, you know, swapping out a lens system or whatever. And so the same um, mount, really, same yeah. mount as your current cam, same mount. Yeah. Wow, so I'm dude. actually shooting this right now on the a seven three. Also on, on the topic of what we just came off of shooting in log. So I will actually mm, nice. have to adjust the color here. Mm, which cool. might be a mistake, but we'll see. You, you guys are looking. <laughs> let us know in the comments down below. Yeah. Do I suck? Am I actually colorblind? I don't know. Let me know. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Have, I, I, but, generally, I generally um, support if you guys think that Michael sucks. Let him know down in the comments. Yeah. So, I mean, Jared's a great co-host. Um, always very supportive. <laughs> um, let's move on to the news story of the week. I don't even know why uh, I'm being so mean to you today, bro. I oh, Jared, you and your why. green shirt. Um, okay. So, <laughs> How Photography Changed My Life is an article that was released oh. on Petapixel. Um, yes. very recently it is, uh, written by the photographer that, uh, this is covering. His name is Michael Goldray. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce it. G O L D R E I. Uh, first time I think we've spelt out a last name because we can't pronounce, but Michael Goldray, I'm pretty sure is what it is. Um, really, really talented street photographer and really to just kind of dive in a little bit into his story. First of all, have you heard about this story before me kind of, uh, highlighting it with you? 
I only I only read the news stories that you send me. So I'm very um, undereducated in a lot of areas, but no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, so um, this guy, you know, Michael is he's a London-based street photographer. Um, you know, again, the source UK, of this article UK. is not well, Ontario. Yes, London. Yes, that's right. London is. Uh, yeah, we we copied them. Let's not forget that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, this you can find this over on Petapixel. Also, I'll also have it linked down below. But uh, I really like this story. It's one of um, it's one that really covers you know discovery, vision, and and commitment. Um, so I really wanted to talk to it a little bit. Um, so you know, this guy um, before 2011 really um, you know he had taken some photos. He had uh, some sort of interest towards it, but ultimately was more committed to. Uh, illustration he loved uh, you know the amount of flexibility he had to just make whatever he wanted visually on a piece of paper um, but kind of came to a point where he was a bit demotivated um, by actually strangely enough the amount of uh, of freedom you have and uh, that's just kind of how I re read it along here he kind of wanted to to try something else and not necessarily stop doing illustration but just you know try something else and again like I mentioned he had some sort of interest in photography and so he decided to try and do more of that he uh, asked his good old buddy Ben we haven't we know a lot of Ben's um, if he could borrow of the his show. Canon friend of the show Bip. Michael Goldry's buddy Ben a very yeah he's gonna be on episode 346 but um you know this guy ben lent him a canon 550d uh for all y'all some of you guys probably started on the 550d it's not called uh, that but it's not called that here though it's called the. it's uh, not called that here. no it's t2i that's right yeah. and that is uh that's an interesting camera interesting camera t2i t3i i think is Great low light. Uh, where I started off. Great low but, light. Oh, great. The best low light camera on the market, actually. Strongly recommend pairing it with something that has, like, you know, an F4. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> F7. F7 is good. F7, on if you can find an F7, guys, also add an ND filter on there oh, yeah. and just go shoot at night. Yeah. Um, preferably no lights. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, you know, you got to borrow this very powerful, uh, high-performing camera, and he went and did this sort of like a photo walk course with uh, another photographer by the name uh, of David Gibson. This is actually the individual who was hosting this course. Uh, very talented. Definitely check out his portfolio. One of the strongest street photography portfolios I've seen. Nice. Um, and. So, you know, it was interesting. You know, he talked about how he was there. They were walking around, and it was really that first um, moment where he had a, a very inspiring uh, image that uh, just kind of spoke to him and he wanted to take it. And he, he saw these three guys, they're walking beside a, a building, uh, a business, and they were all wearing like full denim. They had denim, basically Canadian tuxedos, how we refer to it. He called it like double denim or something like that. We know what it is. It's Canadian tuxedo. And they're walking in sequence, it looks like, legs, everything. Like, I don't know if they're the same human being or what, um, but they were legs moving at the same speed and everything. You can see it in the image, I'm sure. Uh, our good friends uh, over on the uh, editing side here are going to put it up for you. 
Uh, but it was interesting, uh, you know, captured it. They were walking right by a building that had uh, the words, uh, what was it? I lost it here, but it's actually right here. So that's okay. Uh, trois, trois, okay, my French is, is not good, by the way. Trois garçons, which is like three men three guys, three gentlemen or whatever. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it kind of worked out really well. He was like, oh my God, perspective. Like I can link these things together. And he took the image and he s- kind of credits that image as the first one that really inspired him to uh, to kind of keep going. And you certainly work your way down his work. And it's really, really interesting, the perspective that some people have. Um, you know, he's done some very interesting work. He uh, had the opportunity to uh, work with... Um, the Moors, the Moorfields Eye Hospital. Uh, it's a local place there. Um, he, you know, really utilized that opportunity to highlight staff and patients, um, and kind of bring some attention to that. It was highlighted on BBC, and you know, the guy really like the part to this story that that really spoke to me is, of course, he's done some brilliant work, um, and and you know, definitely go ahead and, and read all the details in this. In this article, it's 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 very much so just like a highlight of his journey. Um, but what I love about it is, you know, he talks to the fact that he doesn't know if he would have had some of these incredible experiences that he's had, some that were maybe scary in the moment, some that were incredible and eye-opening um, if he didn't pick up a camera and start taking photos. And I think there's something beautiful about street photography that kind of forces you into some of those situations. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit here, Jared. I mean... Uh, what, how does some of this stuff strike you and, and, you know, what is your experience like with street photography? Yeah, these are some cool photos. Uh, I'll actually put some of them up here so that you guys can get a sense of what we're talking about here. Some really interesting, uh, street photography. Some of my favorite, uh, I do like nest. I guess that's one of his earlier ones. Um, really good use of color there as well. Like with the purples and stuff like that, as we were, uh, you know, tying it all together here on the brothers. Um, underneath a uh, flower vase rock is another really cool one. Just really good uh, use of space, uh, use of location, uh, really capturing a moment there. Um, in really interesting uh, geography and whatnot, kind of natural beauty that he's capturing. Uh, mm-hmm. And feels like we only go backward. This is very much like giving me a film vibe, uh, very really again putting you in the moment uh really nice sense of atmosphere again very you very good uh use of color so definitely a photographer who knows what he's doing uh he's clearly not like setting up a lot of these things he actually talks about uh just like letting it kind of happen and uh capturing the moments as he sees them and he actually said something that really stuck out to me uh well like a couple of things really stuck out to me here actually like as we've talked about before here many times on the brothers uh like the uh interdisciplinary type of thing right and kind of like going into other um fields of art and just like trying out different things because he would he started out as an illustrator someone who would rather have uh, a pencil and a paper right and express themselves that way and that was me as well right like the first ever thing that i was into yeah. like when i was growing up and uh really got into like drawing and stuff like that my art teacher uh mr pointer shout out to mr pointer um would always give me shit about that actually because he'd be like you never finish anything you just like do a pencil drawing and move on and i'm like this <laughs> is finished bro and then he let me paint a big superman on his wall so um Ooh. yeah again mr pointer was awesome probably one of my one of my best teachers i love the guy um 
so other than uh other than that mr pointer and uh <laughs> other other than all of that type of stuff uh some some examples of the man's photography here um yeah it just got me thinking uh a whole lot about like that that approach right when you're going out and uh and letting things pop up to you and he there's a quote here where he said it didn't take long until i was seeing these like once in a lifetime moments popping up all the time right so yeah. like you're you know you're going out if you're if your brain is awake and you're really thinking about it you're like boom okay there's something you know there's a scene that's speaking to me um there's uh a message here there's color here there's uh something worth capturing and something uh worth talking about and maybe like if you don't have your camera on you then you're going to be uh regretting that right like that i yeah. watched a peter peter mckinnon video recently where he was talking to that and it's called uh Haunt haunted by the photos i didn't take that made me yeah. laugh so much i'm like sometimes i do feel that way so you know make sure that uh as a photographer you're you're capturing uh capturing those photos and and you don't want to be haunted by the photos you didn't take bro you don't want to miss those moments you know it's true man and, and i think that there's something to be said about uh some of the skill sets that that street photography uh can provide uh and really help you with going going forward in your career whether or not you want to continue doing street photography i think um perspective is is easily the most important one of the most important things um in photography it, it ultimately leads to composition um and when when you're doing street photography you know looking back at some of these images here you know again i'll, I'll butcher the name again but trois, trois garçons you know three gentlemen or whatever uh, that translates to specifically you know that's a very specific composition that's a very specific um you know shot that he had to get and that's perspective that's being really aware of your surroundings right that's kind of what we're talking and touching about touching on here is being really uh, aware um you look down at um what is this image here called a growing old uh growing old gracefully uh taken in vienna 2017 this is a great image you know these these are two you know um uh, two pairs uh, of females here different you know, it looks like almost like different cultures, different age groups, um, interacting differently, um, dress differently, you know, but it's, it's very, I mean, if you're not heads up looking around, you don't, you don't get this shot. Um, and so I think that there's something really beautiful about the perspective that, that true photography requires and, and gives you, um, that can really feed how you look at composition down the line. Yeah, it's dope. It's a nice long article. Um, clearly, it wasn't really edited down. <laughs> I don't know if that's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> maybe could have maybe could have used an edit because this guy is definitely a photographer and not a writer. <laughs> but uh, really cool to really cool to read uh, his personal experience. Really cool to check out some of these photos. Um, definitely uh, inspiring story here, Michael, uh, and ties in really well actually uh, because Michael Goldry is using uh, a lot of the uh you know compositional roles as you said um but also a lot of nice uh colors complementary colors color theory is definitely uh, at play in this man's work so uh, mm -hmm. i'm glad we we're able to highlight uh our fellow photographer here and uh, i think that's pretty much the show isn't it michael pretty much is man Sweet. Uh, some stuff that we have to do before we get out of here. Uh, spotlight a creator. I am going to uh, spotlight a amazing creator. 
Uh, my girlfriend has a podcast now, so if you listen to this podcast, you might enjoy a different podcast. It's much the same. Uh, you put headphones in your ears, and then voices come into your brain, and they teach you uh, stuff. Masha doesn't talk about photography, though, so don't worry. It's not going to be not a threat. I know Michael was looking worried. Um, oh but, yeah, uh, she's covering. Uh, she's actually been be, going to be covering dogs on the podcast, or she's a few few podcasts in. I think maybe four episodes in. So go and find uh, on whatever app you found this, probably Spotify. Um, go find Masha and the dogs and enjoy. Uh, before we get out of here again, one more thing we need to do. We've got some people to thank, right, Michael? That's right. We gotta thank you, people, man. Who do you want to thank, man? Uh, Hugh Jackman, Pierce Brosnan. Um, yes. We want to thank Michael Douglas. We want to thank weekend. the weekend. Uh, yep. We want to thank the concept of uh, of love as a concept. Yo. Shout out Big to fan. love as a concept. Big fan. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. Way better than hate. You know, hate sucks. Yeah. No. Hate. Hate. Uh, hate's not as good. I'd go, say go give a thumbs yeah. down. Go give a thumbs down and go on Reddit and give a down vote. Yeah. Don't and thumbs go... down this video. But no, like... no, not this video. <laughs> the concept of hate. <laughs> yeah. Give this video a thumbs up. <laughs> give, this, give this video a thumbs up if you're down. If you're giving a th okay, you know wow. what? You know what? English today, not Ooh. our first language. Okay, but. If you don't like hate, give this a thumbs up. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what we are trying to say. Is it? Okay, let's go. Uh, I gotta go eat. I gotta go eat something. I'm hungry. I got some pasta to eat. Uh, of course, we need to thank uh, Sydney. She probably won't be editing this episode. I will probably be editing this episode because Sydney has uh, completed her tenure as an intern with galaxy so cheers to sydney and uh and all the hard work that you did probably the last not the last we'll see of sydney i'd be uh frankly very surprised if we don't uh hear the name sydney come up again on this podcast uh and you can also watch a youtube video uh with sydney in it i probably should have uh prepped this before but i'm gonna find it because it's in my podcast series um, that I did on my YouTube channel. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's the second episode in that series. Um, let's see. Nope, that's part three. Wow, this is good podcasting. <laughs> yeah, is, I, don't worry, I got you, man. Hey, guys, listen up. While Jared's pulling this up, we'd like to advertise our brand new show called the tissue box where yeah. we review more super sad movies um and uh only sad movies because happiness is uh is a forbidden path 
Okay. Uh, anyways, Michael's feeling emo, but uh, <laughs> start start your podcast part two on the Galaxy Channel. I will uh, link that down below for you guys. So you can check out uh, in that video at the end. Sydney uh, goes through a bit of a process of uh, editing a podcast and uh, some of the techniques that she's used to edit this very show. So uh, thank thank you again to Sydney um, for editing the podcast uh, for so long and doing such a wonderful job. Thank you to Michael for uh, bringing an excellent news story, for being a true gent, um, for dressing uh, today as a stud with uh, some some fairly complimentary colors. And uh, thank you to me for being myself. And thank you to you, the viewers uh, and the mm. listeners for everything that you've done. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Check out Michael Costa on Michael Costa Music. He's going to react to death metal and grind core and black metal over there um, all month long. So look forward to uh, mayhem, right? Cause it's like May, right? Mm. Mm. Right, mayhem uh, over on the Michael Costa channel. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing mm -hmm. but blast beats and uh, vocals about um, corpses. So it's gonna be sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, um, <laughs> none of, that, none <clears throat> of that's true. None of that's true. He acts cape off. Uh, and <laughs> I think that's it. Thank you to the viewers. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. <laughs>